two years now. This month is our two-year anniversary of that prayer call. You know, prayer makes things easier. You win the air war, so it makes walking it out a whole lot easier. So, you know, prayer is critical to our success as being to being fruitful in, in life. Amen. So I really attribute that prayer call to being a really big reason why we've become so fruitful this year and why we had such breakthrough the year before that. But we've been focused on this topic, and we've just come out of this, this long, like, 12 or 13-week series on the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But right now, since it's October, this is the first Sunday in October, we've sort of turned the the corner into harvest season. Amen. And so I want to talk to you today about seed time and harvest. Because if God is asking us to be fruitful, we're going to need to know something about seed time and harvest. Because there's no harvest, there's no fruit until there's been some seed. You have to have the seed of the word go on the inside of you before you're going to bear that fruit that comes from knowing him. Amen. It's, you to know him is to know his word. And the word is the seed. As the word, the word's going into your heart this morning, it's like a seed. And the Bible says it'll bear some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Depending on the condition of your heart, what kind of fruit you're going to bear. So there has to be seed time and harvest if there's going to be fruit bearing in our lives. So this morning I want to talk about that. Seed time and harvest. Genesis 128. It says, then God blessed them, talking about mankind, Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So multiply is about having, having babies, but being fruitful means more than just that. Being fruitful means to bear fruit, to grow and to increase. So it's the will of God that we would constantly be living like this. Look, going from glory to glory to glory. As long as we're alive, we should be going from glory to glory to glory. We should never stop growing. Amen. We should, we should grow into Christ-like maturity. So, maturity. So we should be fruitful. So number one, the spiritual law of seed time and harvest will never cease. That's your first blank. Seed time and harvest, this principle, this law in the earth that God has set in, in the earth, it will never cease. God put it there for our benefit so that we could uh, really have natural seed and grow food and grow, you know, grow the things that we have to grow in the earth. But he's also talking about the seeds that grow on the inside of us. Amen. So he says that, that the, the law of seed time and harvest will never cease. Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, shall not cease. So seed time and harvest is never going to cease. And since it said, I thought I would just encourage you because it says cold and heat. Cold and heat. Winter. Come on, winter and summer in Jesus' name. Look, let's put up the, let's put up the, not this, we'll put the other one up first. Oh, goodness, let me move this. Okay, so here's, here's our weather forecast for this week, y'all. Look, tomorrow, cold front down to 84, low of 65, 84, low of 69. It creeps back up, but then look right here. Come on, put the circled one. That's not a misprint. 72 degrees, y'all. That is practically leather and fur weather for us, right? Low of 58. Yes, Jesus. And look, the next day, high of 76, low of 62. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say, it's about time. 
then it goes back up to 87 or some ridiculous something like that. But, but we got the word on it right here. Cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Praise God. So just like we know sooner or later, might, might be December or January, we're going to get a little snap. It might get close to freezing, right? Amen. We're going to get, so it, it won't cease because God's word said it won't cease. And so neither will seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. You can count on that to be um, consistent. So Genesis 1.11 says, says, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed. And the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. So God placed the seeds already within the fruit, already within him. He says the, 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 the seed was already within itself. So what is a seed? Anything you give, time, money, resources, favor, faith, excellence. Excellence is a seed. Have you ever thought about that? Excellence is a seed. If you make sure things are, are left excellence, like if I go into um, a public restroom, like in a restaurant or something, and I see that everything is a mess on the counter, if it's wet, ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about. Them old ratchet people that go in there and just throw stuff everywhere, let water be all over, and the soap is everywhere. I can't stand it. I have to clean it up. <laughs> and, and, and that's because that's just who I am. We're the excellent ones in the earth. And I know, you know, if I do this, then God will call, cause excellence to come back into my life. Amen. So I'm sowing a seed of excellence. It's just who I am. We're the excellent ones of the earth. The Bible says so. The saints of God, they're the excellent ones. Have you ever thought about excellence being a seed? Favor can be a seed. You want favor, sow some favor. Serving. Your serving is a seed. That means that God will raise up somebody somewhere to serve in your life. Now you give it out as a seed. However you give it out, it's in seed form. And how many of you know when you plant a seed... Harvest has already got a whole bunch more than what you planted, right? You get your seed back and some. So whatever, however you give it out, it's coming back in a harvest. So we ought to be really mindful of the things that we're giving out. Serving is a seed. Love is a seed. Because what is love? Look up 1 Corinthians 13. It's being patient and kind. You know, it's, it's not taking into account a suffered wrong. You know, I'm just not going to hold this against you. That's a seed. I need that back in my life, right? Mercy is a seed. How many of you want mercy or you need mercy sometimes? Will you sow, sow mercy as a seed to somebody who does not deserve it? You're like, Pastor Ali, you've gone too far now. No, but when it's somebody who does not deserve it, you sow that as a seed, it's coming back as a harvest of your life because, you know, we, we need mercy. Um, words are seeds. Words are seeds. Um, faithfulness is a seed. When you're faithful in a situation, even when somebody else is not being faithful, nobody else on your job is being faithful to do this one part that everybody's supposed to do, you stay faithful and do your part, then a harvest of faithfulness comes, comes back to you. That's good news. We really are more in control of our destiny than we think. More in control of what happens in our lives every day than what you would think. Amen. Because of the seeds that we sow, because of seed time and, and harvest. Amen. Kindness is a seed. As I said, words are seeds. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Look, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will do what? Will reap the consequences. So if I'm if I'm sowing good words and I'm saying good things, I'm speaking the word of God over my life, and I'm going to get a harvest of what I'm speaking. Right. So, and if I'm speaking death, guess what I'm going to get? 
I'm going to get death. Death and life is in the power of my tongue. So your fruitfulness somewhat is tied up in the seeds that you sow. What are you sowing? So it's also known as the law of reciprocity. What I give out, I give, get back in life. The world likes to call it karma. The world likes to say, oh, yeah, you got some karma coming. Yeah, but it's not karma. It's this law that God has set in the earth. It's called the law of reciprocity. What I'm giving out, I'm going to get back. So Ephesians 6, 8, it says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Number two. There is a spiritual account in the heavenly realm where we are sowing and reaping. In the spirit realm, there is a heavenly account. There is an account. Look at Philippians 4, 4.17 says, For even in Thessalonica, this is Paul, um, the, the um, Philippian church sent aid to Paul. And while he's out ministering, while he's out preaching, they took an offering and they sent things to him. They sent money. They sent supply. They sent to Paul to help him on his journey with what he was doing. Now, look what it says about that. It says, for even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the what? The fruit that abounds to your what account? What account? What account is he talking about? He's talking about the account in heaven, not some earthly account, but God's keeping count. Ooh, y'all better hear me this morning. He said, indeed, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. Listen to this. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Well, wait a minute. How is it well-pleasing to God? He sent it to Paul, right? See, the gift went this way, but the aroma went this way to the account. And God's, God sees it and God, it's, it's, it's an acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God because of the seed that they had sown to help, to help Paul in taking the gospel, um, to, just to this places who've never heard anything about it. Amen. So verse 19 says, and so look what happens. And my God, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So they sowed a seed to help Paul. A sowed a seed for his need, right? You, you sent aid once and again for my necessities, for my needs, right? So you sent a seed. He said, now my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's pretty good. Amen. All right, so number three. This is good news. God never forgets our sacrificial seeds sown toward his kingdom. God never forgets any seed that you sow. He doesn't forget anything that you do in his name or that you do for in, as in kindness for another person. Why? Because the Bible says when you did it unto them, you did it unto me. When you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So he, if you did it to him, you think he's going to forget? No. Even if they, Even if people are unappreciative. Even if people walk away cursing you in their mouth. I still did it as unto the Lord. I still got something that just went to my account. Hallelujah. So he never forgets. He's keeping an account. And he never forgets the seed you sow. Hebrews 6.10 it says, For God is not unjust to what? To forget your work and your what? Your labor of love which you have shown towards 
His name, and when you do it for the least of these, my brethren, when you do something to help someone else, someone who's who's having a rough spot, somebody who's homeless, or someone who's you know somebody who just needs assistance, they need they need help. It says here, God is not going to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown towards His name. And when you do it to them, you do it unto Him, right? He says, in that you have ministered to the saints, and you do minister. You know, there's some of us been serving for a long time, 25 years for me. 25 years I've been serving God. And there's not one seed that I've sown in the kingdom in all these years that God has ever forgotten about. Amen. He knows every single seed that you sow. Look at look at Luke 18 through 28. Peter was talking to the Lord about how they've given everything. I mean, think about Peter. Peter was a fisherman. You know, fishermen, I mean, it's kind of like golfers. They just are addicted. Fishermen just can't stop fishing. They love the fish. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, Peter was a good fisherman. He had a business. That was his trade before he came into the kingdom of God, before he met Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to teach you to fish for men. And so Peter gave up his business, his boats. He gave, he gave up his livelihood. He gave it all. Jesus said, leave it and follow me. Peter dropped his nets and came on and followed the Lord, left it behind. I mean, this doesn't sound like he's looking back, but he's just reminding God, look, in anything we leave for him, God will make it up to us. Luke 18, 28, Peter tried to regain some initiative. It says, we left everything we owned and followed you, didn't we? Yes, said Jesus, and you won't regret it. No one who has sacrificed home, spouse, brothers and sisters, parents, children, whatever, will lose out. It will all come back multiplied Many times over in your lifetime. And then the bonus of eternal life. On top of it, snap, snap. <laughs> you get, you get eternal life too. Praise God. So in this lifetime, it'll, it'll be multiplied many times over. So you can never outgive God. You can never give to Him more than He's going to give back to you. When it goes out in seed form, it comes back in a harvest. We have His word. That was Jesus talking right there. So number four, whatever we sow, we will reap. Whatever it is you're sowing, whatever it is that you're giving out, this will have you examining everything you say. What is my motive behind saying this? This will have you watching everything you do and being very intentional about the seeds you sow. Very intentionally, I'm sowing because I know it's going to come back to me. Watch and see. Watch and see. It says, whatever we sow, we will reap. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, would y'all put a big circle around that? That he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart or give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, we've had the prosperity message for many years. And we've been, been founded in that. And we, you know, we, we, we live on that. And we, we, we just know that. We, we, we've talked about it for so long. But, you know, I really feel like as we're changing the culture of our church, that we, that we have to be mindful and we've just come out of a big long series about this and, and I don't want us to ever stop. That as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. 
especially to those who are of the household of faith. Because you can become a prosperity-driven church and you have a bunch of people who are very selfish and very self-minded. How to get mine. Let me see how, how I can get mine. You know what? I think if you'll sow the seed of helping somebody else get theirs, God will make sure that you get yours. If you use your power, your ability, and your influence, no matter how small it is, it's a seed. It's a seed. I'm able to do this for you, so I will. And if I do that so that blessings come to another person, it's going to come back in harvest form. Because as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest never going to cease. Just like the sun's going to come up in the morning, just like the moon's going to come out tonight. Amen. We can count on it, right? So we can count on seed time and harvest to work for us. So what is reap? Reap means to harvest, bring in, receive, acquire. So Galatians 5.22, look at this. This is, I think this is what the fruit of the Spirit is all about. I think the fruit is more about being a seed. Because this is what other people need from us. This is not so we can just walk around and say, oh, I'm just so full of love. I'm just so full of patience. Look at me. It's not so that I can just be that. It's so that others receive the overflow of that from my life, that it becomes a seed in someone else's life, and it comes back to me in a harvest. If we all did that, what would the world be like? Wow. Look at Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we, we, if we walk in the Spirit, this is the kind of stuff that we're going to be giving out as a seed into other people's lives. And that's what's going to keep coming back into our lives. And then what happens? God's glorified because we're bearing much fruit. I'm, I'm sending it out so it's coming back on every wave. Every chance I get, I'm sowing a seed here. I'm sowing a seed there. If I could pay for somebody's parking or, you know, anything I could do to be a blessing to someone else. Hi, Kimo. Anything I could do to be a blessing to someone else. Amen? If I give that out, that's what's going to come back to me. What about just being friendly? You know, we cannot go around looking like we've been baptized in pickle juice. We, we are the children of the Most High God. We ought to be going out with joy, going out full of peace. You just can't get me upset in traffic. Not. <laughs> Amen. But that's what people need from us. They need this fruit from us that really is more of a seed that comes back as a fruit. Amen? Comes back as a harvest. All right, look at look at Luke 6, 37 through 38. This is going to plow y'all sideways this morning. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. See, I, I can't stand judgmental, religious spirits on people. I can't stand it. When you, when you want to... Point your finger at somebody else. Remember, you got four or five pointed back at you. You know, you don't know what somebody else is dealing with. You don't be judging other people. Until you walked in their shoes, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know how they came up. You don't know what causes them to be like they are. Don't judge other people. Sin is already judged. Amen? And we are not the accuser of the brethren. That's the devil. That's his job. Let's not help him with it. So we don't judge other people, but we show people the love of God. 
We show people the patience of God, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. Amen? That I love you because God loves you. Amen? You're important to God, so you're important to me. Amen? So don't judge. Don't condemn. Don't tell somebody, you go, you're going to hell. Don't do that. Forgive and you will be forgiven. The scariest scripture in the Bible is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's the scariest scripture in the Bible because if you don't forgive, neither will your heavenly father forgive you. If you don't forgive men their trespasses. So forgiveness is a seed. Oh my God, even people who don't deserve it. If you give it out to them in seed form, I choose to forgive you. And I sow it as a seed right now because I know there's probably some people that I have hurt in my life that I need their forgiveness. I know I need God to forgive me. Amen. On the daily. Amen. Give. See, you see, we always try to lift Luke 6.38 out of the context and say it's all just about giving money. But it's not. It is about giving money too because money can be a seed that you give out. But... But it's about these other things that we ought to be sowing as seeds in our lives. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So how I measure it out is how I'm going to get it measured back. Proverbs 11.25 The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Those who help others are helped. Those who bless others are abundantly blessed. So you bless others, but you end up being abundantly blessed. Do you all see that? It goes out as a seed. Those who bless others will be abundantly blessed. It comes back in a harvest. You plant a seed and you get a whole tree, right? With a whole bunch of seeds. So you plant that seed of blessing and a whole bunch of blessing. And we're not doing it just because we want to be blessed. I'm doing it because I want to, I want to please God with my life. And because I care about people because God cares about them. Amen? But it comes back on you. It comes back. It says the liberal soul shall be made fat. Hallelujah. Praise God. Second Corinthians 9, 10 through 11, it says, And God who provides seed for the sower. So don't say I don't have a seed. Don't say I don't have a seed because you got something in your hand. You got something in your hand. It, it might not be much. I remember when Kenneth Copeland didn't have anything to sow. He heard, he heard that, you know, during the offering time that he needed to give something. He'd come into church for the first time. He said, God, all I've got is this pencil. And I got that out of the back seat, back of the seat in church. So I'm just going to put that in the envelope and sow it. God, I'll just give this pencil because it's all I've got. He said, you'll just give me a hundred dollars. I'll sow it. Before the service, before he left the church that day, someone gave him a hundred dollars. And he sowed that seed and that started the, the prosperity in his life. Amen. Because he understood the principle of sowing and reaping. Amen. So, and God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase, increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now look at this. So he'll, so he's going to give me seed for sowing. He's going to provide and multiply my resources for sowing. Isn't that what that says? Supply and multiply my resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. See, you can't have one without the other. 
<laughs> For too long, we've had one and not the other. Ooh, we're going to be dangerous when we put it all together, y'all. Hallelujah. All right, number two, kingdom sowing and reaping. Number one, kingdom sowing and reaping ensures the harvest of souls. Kingdom sowing and reaping ensures the harvest of souls. This is the cause. You know, uh, Paul said, was I forget who he was talking to, but he said, for this cause, I left you in Crete. So that he could set in order the things that were, that were missing. So for this cause, I sent you to Crete to do a work in the kingdom of God, to do a work in that church there. So there's a cause. The, the reason that Acceleration Church is here is that there's, there's a cause. People need to be raised up in the word of God. People need to be saved and baptized. Amen. People, people need to know how to get their life on track, to have a church family that's like none other. You go to the hospital for surgery, we will pack that place out. We will pack it out. We're a church that prays together every morning on the phone. We're here to be, to, to be Jesus' arms extended. If you're hurting, we're all hurting and we're all in your boat with you. Amen. We're that kind of church. But see, it's the sowing and the reaping in the church that causes us to be able to do that. Look at John 4, 35 through 36. Jesus said, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps uh, receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. What? You mean I can be gathering fruit for when I get there? So this is not just about fruitfulness here, but I can be gathering some fruit for eternal life? Hallelujah. It says that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. So listen, people are ready to get saved. I'm telling you, people are hungry for what we have. People are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And God is counting on us as a people to um, to tell them about Christ, to tell them the good news. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. And so, um, so... He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Really, that fruit for eternal life is people. Amen. It's people. So, you know, as we think about October, October is a season for harvest. We really ought to be so focused on the harvest. And that is the purpose of our giving, is that Acceleration Church is here, ready to grow to the next level. We are so close to throwing that wall open and having our new sanctuary open. And this from right here. To right there where that pole is, all the way over to that wall, this will all become our children's ministry. And our big old sanctuary is right over there, just just waiting for a cold snap. <laughs> so I can get us over there. Amen. But um, but we're ready to grow for more people to be saved, changed, and delivered. Amen. We're all being raised up in our classes. I'm so excited about this crop of people that we have that are in the middle of uh, firm foundation, leadership development, and we're about to start ministry development so that we can raise you up to be prayer partners at the altar, to visit people in the hospital who are sick. You'll know how to baptize people. You'll know how to get someone saved. You'll know how to um, uh, get someone filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll know how to minister to someone who's lost a loved one. That's 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 going to be the tremendous fruit that, that you become. Amen? So I'm excited about how we're growing. You know, um, like I said, this is two years that we have been... Um, Two years that we, that, that we've been on that prayer call. But this is our one year anniversary of being in this place. Can y'all just get happy and excited with me? Where's some of my pictures? I just want you to put, put, just put them all up. I said, just, you know, just put them up. So here's the build out next door that's been happening right through, right through those doors right there. That's the, 
where the new sanctuary is. That's down another wall where our, our sound booth is going to be. That's the back area in the back corner. I don't know if I got any of the stage. Did I? Okay, we'll just keep going. Well, you just show the people then. That This was class last week, Firm Foundation. Keep going. People are getting raised up. There's my honey in the kitchen working. Amen. Amen. Kenneth and Irma have, Kenneth has just, has donated hours and hours over there working on the new sanctuary. Our selfie. Amen. People growing. Amen. (laughs) Amen. New people on the praise team. Our praise team is growing. Is that it? No. Where's the baptism pictures? This is, this is what I'm so excited about is all the baptisms. Every month we've been doing baptisms and, uh, people, people getting baptized, getting baptized. This is not all of them. I couldn't find all of them on my phone. But yes, people getting baptized every single week. Graduates. What happened to the picture of the graduates? Did I, did I send that one? That was just last week. You know, y'all come out like crazy when we have food. Yeah. Well, we have food every Sunday. If, if, you know, if you get here early, we have the best tacos and pancakes and bacon and man, it's so good. I look so far. I told Murray, you know, I'm trying to get myself on a diet of some kind, but I'm like, I'm not giving up that pancake on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Miss Rosemary makes the best pancakes and that thick sliced bacon. Son, oh, it's good. So, yeah, if you haven't been here for breakfast, come a little bit early um, and have breakfast. All right, where was I? What was I talking about anyway? Okay, yeah, Rosh Hashanah was last Sunday, and then Yom Kippur is this coming Tuesday. And in between this time um, in the Jewish holidays, it's a time for reflection and repentance. It's a time where you really kind of look over your life and, and inspect your life and, and say, you know, is there an area that I need to turn back to God? Is there any way, anywhere where, I, where I've gone away from his ordinances? Anywhere where I've gone away? And so uh, because Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, that's the day that the sacrifice was made and everyone's sins were confessed and forgiven for the whole next year. Amen. So um, we know that our atonement is in Christ Jesus. Amen. We don't have to come year by year to doing that, but Jesus Christ is our Messiah and uh, our Savior, so we don't have to do that. But it is nice to kind of have a just a time of, of kind of, you know, thinking about where we are. You know, is there some place that we need to come back, come back on track with God? Um, but the main reason that we're here is what we just showed you, the people, the people. The building is for the people. It's not about the building. We're building the building so we can fit more people. We're already almost full in here. So we're ready to move in there, and, and we've got to have a bigger area for our children so we can separate them. And that, that's what it's all about. It's, about. it's about people and growing them up in Christ. Amen? And so look at Romans ten fourteen through 15. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So in other words, when you give your tithes and your offerings, you are sending Acceleration Church to be here and to do what it is that we do. Amen. So we all have a part in that. So number two, kingdom sowing and reaping. So number one, kingdom sowing and reaping ensures the harvest of souls. Number two, did I tell you all that one? Okay, number two, kingdom sowing and reaping honors and pleases God. Kingdom sowing and reaping honors 
and pleases God. This is number two. It honors God and it pleases God. So look at Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, underline plenty, and your vats will overflow with new, new wine. Underline the word overflow. So when we honor him with our substance, our increase, we go to work all week long and we, you know, make our paycheck, we make our money. When we bring a portion of that and we honor God with it, it honors God. He's honored in it. Amen. Remember, there's a, an account that God knows about. It goes this way in the kingdom, but the aroma goes up before God and, and it's in your account. Okay? So then look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves... And is unwilling to abandon or do without, it says in the, in the, um, amplified version. He's unwilling to abandon or do without a prompt, a prompt, a prompt to do it, joyous giver whose heart is in his giving, I believe is what it says in the amplified, a cheerful giver. So God is, it says, if, so if God loves a cheerful giver, then that pleases God. Amen? It pleases God when we give into the kingdom of God so that the thing that God loves and wants more than anything is what? More people in the kingdom, more people to know his word, more people to come out of living a raggedy life and live a life that honors him. Amen. All right. So number three, kingdom sowing and reaping triggers overflow in my life. And we just saw that right there, that it triggers the overflow. But second Corinthians nine, eight in the new King James says this, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now that sounds like overflow, doesn't it? That you don't ever have a time you say, well, I'm short this month. I can't wish I could help you, but I can't. But no, this is saying that you always, that he's able, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Amen. So you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Look at Malachi 3, 7 through 8. As he's talking about, as, as people have gone away from his ordinances, he says, uh, Malachi 3, 7 through 8, he said, um, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? And God says, Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. So if you look down at Matthew 10 through 11, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. This is the only scripture where God actually dares you to do something. He dares you. He says, try me now in this and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Now that's just amazing right there. That God promises to open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that I won't have room enough to receive it. I'll have to give it away. And then he says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He steps in front of your stuff and says, oh no devil, you will not devour this because it's consecrated. What you, what, what is, what is yours that's left is consecrated. It says, so he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord. In other words, you gotta have a vine, a job. You gotta have an avenue of God to bless you. Amen? So it, it says that you're not gonna, 
It's not going to fail to bear fruit for you. Amen. As you're, as you're a tither and a giver. So here's what, here's what happens when you're a tither and a giver. So let's just say, how many lemons did we say this was? Kenta, 46? 46 lemons in here. So if, if this was my harvest, let's pretend this is my money and I've got four, I earned 46 lemons working this week, right? How much of it belongs to God if I'm going to give a tithe? So let's just round it up and say, I'm going to give five, God five lemons, right? So this is what I've earned, right? And so for the kingdom of God, God says, what? 4.6, I'm going to give five, right? Is that right? I saw somebody shaking their head. I'm not that good at math, I will admit. Okay, five. So let's put five. One, two, three, four, five. So there's the tithe. So I've separated the portion that God says is his. He says that's his. He says the tithe is holy. You want to get it out of your house because the tithe, it says, he says, return to me tithes and offerings. You return the tithe, but then you give offerings over and above. So there's the tithe in there. So let's just say I'm going to bless God this week. I'm going to give a, an offering of two more lemons to be a blessing to God. Okay, so here's what happens. What happens is when I bring this into the kingdom of God, let's just just declare this is the holiness of God. Okay, that comes into the house of God. It becomes holy, right? Because it's in the house of God. It's always been the will of God that the people of God would give into the kingdom of God to build the kingdom and to build the house of God. Amen? And, and the house of God is not just the building, but it's the people. God says we're being built up a spiritual house. So we give towards this. Amen? So, so, so that's what, that's what this, so that's what this white, um, cloth represents the holiness and the consecration. It's now consecrated because it's in the kingdom of God. It's God's, right? Okay? So that, that means what God does is he causes what's mine to have that consecration and that blessing upon it. Now, everything that I have is blessed. Whoo, that's good. God puts a covering over what's yours. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Oh, no, you're not going to devour from this one. I'll make sure that your job keeps on working for you. And if that job doesn't work, honey, we'll get you another one quick. I'll cause people to have favor with you. When somebody shuts a door, I'll open another door for you. And you need to, don't you listen to the lie of the devil whenever you get fired from a job or they lay people off. Say, okay, God, don't say, don't, do not ask the question why or why me, Lord. Say, where is my next job? You said the vine wouldn't fail to bear fruit for me, so where is my next position, God? Let me hear your voice. When you open a door, no man can shut it. And when you shut one, no man can open it. So I thank you, Father, that door is shut. Where is my next open door? Amen. So we don't, we don't go poor mouthing. We don't put our mouth on it. We don't get all down and slump our shoulders over. We hold our head back and we know I'm a tither and a giver. So what's mine has got to be blessed. God will make what you have stretch. I don't know how he does it, but I know that he does it. When you're a tither and a giver, there's a consecration that comes over what's yours. And your stuff is blessed. Ooh, I know I'm right. Amen, amen, amen. So God believes in sowing and reaping. How many of y'all believe that God believes in sowing and reaping? That God did some sowing of his own. John 3.16, for God so loved that he, that he gave what? He just didn't look around heaven and say, okay, Gabriel, you'll do. He didn't look around heaven and say, no, let's leave Gabriel alone. Let me, let me take one of these cherubs over here. We won't miss him much. Come on, baby. Let's, let's, let's give him for the... No. God looked around heaven and he gave his first and his only. 
He gave his only begotten son, right? For God so loved the world. Look at his motivation was love. We have to love what God loves and hate what God hates. I love that God loves people. So I love people and I'm given that people people's lives can experience what my life has experienced. Amen? Don't you want people to know what it's like to feel their sins lifted off their shoulders? What it feels like to live a life that's that's consecrated for God? That, that you have peace in whatever situation you're in? Whatever's going on, I'm full of joy because I know what his word says. Hallelujah. Don't you want to? I love what God loves. And I know that God loves me for God so loved that he gave. Because I love God, I give. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but ever, ever have everlasting life. So God gave his one son. Come on, y'all. Help me finish. He sowed one so that he could reap a whole bunch more. Amen. Abraham's seed as the sands of the sea. The, the children of faith. Abraham's seed is the children of faith. As the sands of the sea. We can't be counted. We, we can't even be counted. But God believed in the, in, the, in the law of sowing and reaping. He gave his one son so that he could have many more sons and daughters. Genesis 3.15 he called Jesus a seed. God said, and I will put enmity between the woman, between you and the woman. He was talking to the, the devil. Between you and the woman and between your seed and her what? Her seed. Because the, the, Jesus came through the, the seed of woman. So through her seed. Do you see how it has a capital S? <laughs> God called him a seed. Amen. Through Between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. One translation says you shall bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And that's what Jesus has done. All right, number four. Don't ever discount your seed. Don't ever discount your seed. God has always been able to take something little and make something great happen with it. So don't say, you know what? My my little old tithe is never going to turn anybody's head. They'll never be able to. They'll never miss my seed when they count the offering. Don't say that. Don't say that because your seed matters. Your seed matters to God. God has always been able to take something little and turn it into something big. Look at Mark 12, 42 through 44. This is where the, wood, the widow woman, Jesus was, Jesus was watching them put the offering in at the temple. Jesus was standing there. He was watching who came up and he watched what they put in. And he saw many people come and put in out of their abundance. They had so much and they put in out of their abundance. But this one widow woman came. This one widow woman, he didn't remark on the ones who gave so much, but he remarked on the one who gave all she had. And it wasn't very much. Look at, um, it says, one poor widow came up and put in two small coins, a measly two cents. Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So when you feel like what you have is too small, God doesn't look at it that way. When you feel like what you have is insignificant, I want you to remember this, that God always takes something little and turns it into something great. Think about Moses. When Moses was standing at the burning bush and and God is sending him to go to the children of Israel and go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. He said, how how are they going to, believe me, I can't even talk right. How, how, how can you send me? And God said, what is that in your hand? He said, well, it's nothing but a stick. I got a stick. He said, throw it down. He threw it down and it became a snake. He said, now catch it by the tail. 
He caught it by the tail and picked it up and it became a stick again. And that same stick that just seemed so small and insignificant was in his hand again when it was time to cross the Red Sea. He stands at the edge of the Red Sea and God says, what do you got in your hand? Stretch out that rod over the sea and part those waters. So God took something little and made it into something great. Amen. So whatever you have in your hand, you might think it's not, it's not much, but God can take it and turn it into a lot. Amen. Look at Exodus 4 2. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. So I'd ask you today, what is that in your hand? What God is saying, what is that in your hand? What is that you have in your hand? He says, if you put it in my hand, I'll turn it into something great. For David, it was a little rock, but God turned it into a giant killer. For Gideon, it was just a little fleece, but it encouraged him and and enabled him to go against an army that was without number. For Elisha, it was just a little salt. When they went into the town and the town was beautiful to look at, it was wonderful, but the waters were bitter. Nothing could grow and you couldn't drink the water or you'd die. He said, just bring me a little salt. And he took the salt and he threw it in the water and the water became pure from that day. So that made something little turn into something Great. And then the disciples, think about them. They just took a little lunch, just a sack lunch, and had a picnic for 5,000 people. So you take something little and you put it in God's hands, let him bless it and break it, and let it come back to you in abundance. I'm telling you, that's the will of God for your life, so that you can you can bear much fruit. And when you bear much fruit, God is glorified. Amen. Amen. Come on and give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your word. You've exalted your word above all your name. We can count on your word. We know that the sun's going to come up. We know that it's going to get hot and cold. We know that winter and summer are not going to cease day and night. Lord, we know that seed time and harvest is never going to end as long as the earth remains. So we praise you for it, Lord God, and we thank you for this principle of of sowing and reaping that we've looked at today. We ask you, God, to make it real to us, that we would bear a hundredfold return on this word that we've heard today. Thank you, Father. We receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Make us mindful of our seed, mindful of what we have in our hand, that, God, in your hands it can become something mighty, even if it's nothing to everyone else. God, it comes up before you, a sweet-smelling savor, acceptable, well-pleasing to you. So, Lord, we will do it because your word says so. We will act on the principle and see that, our, that what we have left will be blessed, God. You'll make it stretch. You rebuke the devourer. You make sure that our vine does not run out. Thank you, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. And, Father, we know that it's your will that we would... Be here for the purpose of raising people up in Christ. For raising people up. To get people baptized. To teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Father, we just ask you Lord for increase among us. That Lord we would increase more and more. That that you're adding to the church daily those who are being saved. Lord we just are grateful for people every month are being baptized. And, and, and declaring Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We thank you, Father, for that. So, Lord, we just ask you to just continue to increase us and cause us to be mindful of the cause while we're here is that we're we're called to give into the kingdom so that we see this fruit manifest, this end-time harvest, God, that you set us here to reap. We're excited about it, God. We're excited about the people out there that don't know you that are coming into the kingdom, Lord. We just thank you as we pray for them, as we sow towards it, as we show up every week, God, and we're here to be excited about the things of God. We just thank you. 
that, that people are just jumping in the boat. We receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can everybody say amen about that? Amen. Well, Father, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God today. I've strayed away and I've gone my own way and I'm doing my own thing and, 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 and I want to come back to God. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray for me today? Amen. I want to pray for you. And so, in just a moment, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you meet it in your heart, your life will change. You're, 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 you'll be connected with God. You'll be one with God. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your sins will be forgiven. You'll be a child of God. And you'll begin this wonderful journey with Him. Where your life will belong to Him. And you may still go through things in life. But you won't go through it alone. He'll be with you. Never leave you or forsake you. So I'm going to pray. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just repeat after me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up. Sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross For the wrong that I did. And I believe. That you raised him from the dead. On the third day. Jesus. Come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone. To save me. In Jesus name. Amen. Well now look at me. You prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart. You have to let someone know. No one gets to sneak into heaven. you got to let someone know. And the way that you're going to do that is you fill out your connection card. And then on the back, there's a little box that says, I choose Jesus and commit my life to him. Commit my life to Christ as my Lord. So put a big check mark right there. That's your way of acknowledging him today. And you're just going to turn it in over here. And we have some information we want to give to you. There's a, there's a little map. Ernest, would you go grab that little map and hold it up? There's a little map that kind of shows you what your next steps are in Christ. Amen? So that you can grow into Christ-like maturity. It's kind of like a brand new baby that's been born. Today you've been born again. And so you've got to get the right nutrition and the right things in your life. Um, actually, it's the other one that says Jesus on the front. Right there. Yeah, open that up. Because it's going to give you all the information that you need. If you just follow right down the path there, what it tells you to do, you'll be successful in your walk with Christ. Amen? All right. Well... Um, be sure and, and, and don't forget to go over there to see Ernest if you filled out the card. And uh, we'll give you a, your special uh, gift as long as, as well as the other stuff uh, that you need to know about how to grow in Christ. All right. Well, it's offering time. <laughs> all right. Well, there's several ways that you can give. And we've talked all about giving, so I don't have to talk a whole lot about it. But if you've gotten away from tithing, why don't you come back and start tithing again? Amen. Or maybe you've never tried God in tithing. He said, try me now in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing. You'll not have room enough to receive it. And we know he rebukes the devourer. So this is our time where we give our tithes and our offerings. You can use the envelope. Or if you want to, download the Acceleration Church app. You just um, text Acceleration to 77977. Is that still correct, Kevin? No. No. 
That's to give. Okay, so to download the Acceleration Church app, you just go to the App Store or Google Play, and you just it's free. The app is free. And not only can you give on the app, but you can also listen to every sermon. Every sermon is, is on there, and you can listen to it for free. The sermon notes are on the app. Um, you can sign up for baptism. If you have not been baptized, you want to sign up for that. Um, to volunteer, you can sign up. You can sign up for, for membership. A lot of you don't know that you can sign up for membership. Maybe you've never officially signed up for membership and you want to do that. Just go on the app and sign up for membership and we'll give you your, your membership certificate. Um, what else on the app? Oh, you can listen to the Bible. Audio Bible on there. It's really wonderful. We highly recommend the Acceleration Church app. <laughs> All right. Well, are y'all ready to give? We're going to